What's up, millennial and friends? And welcome to the last of the millennials podcast. We probably right where we discuss topics like pop culture, black culture, millennials and marriage, unspoken black family dynamics, finances, and other juicy topics. You may have thought it, but we gonna say it. Hey family, thank you for joining us again. I am Kendra Rochelle. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Ferelli Speaks. And we are the last of the millennials. We probably right. So today we're going to be doing our second episode where we're going to be covering some really good pop culture topics such as DMX, Derek Jackson, Donnie McClurkin, and Nisi Nash. So we're going to go ahead and get this started. Let's start with Derek Jackson. Kelsey, I know you have some real strong feelings about that. Let's get into that. I definitely have a lot of strong feelings <laughs> about Mr. Derek Jackson. Um, and before we get started, I want to state my claim. <laughs> okay. Um, Derek Jackson is absolute trash can juice, bottom of the barrel. The reason being, case in point, it's water. Sips water, <laughs> gather yourself, clutch your purse. I gotta baby. represent for the men. <laughs> no. So <clears throat> Over the years, um, if you don't know who Derek Jackson is, he has um, found his wealth by pretty much starting this whole movement of black men don't cheat, right? So right now you are what I consider to be the gold standard of what, you know, the perfect gentleman man is. Now granted, yes, I do know that as humans, we are fallible, we all make mistakes. A mistake is, oops, Kendra, I stepped on your foot. That's a mistake. But to actively keep stumping on your foot, that's a choice. So Derek may have cheated maybe one time or one I stand up, you know, bad moment. But to actively keep doing it with several women mm-hmm. is a problem for me because he has actively made, you know, videos saying men who cheat are incapable of loving and they have no business damaging that woman. If he is going to cheat on her, he needs to just leave her alone. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm only to be married and to be actively cheating. So marriages survive infidelity. Mm -hmm. However, I think the part that I can't get over, although it is not my marriage, is the fact that you sought out to deceive us in this platform. Your first video he got out was like, I did not have, I had, I did not have any sexual contact with this person, whatever. Then next thing you know, a a nice blogger puts it out Mm -hmm. and now you drag your wife out of the laundry room like baby come and sit and talk to these <laughs> people she did look like she was doing laundry like she looked like she was around the house doing stuff only to find out that's who she is and that's fine but you brought her on this camera knowing that this is our first time seeing her and she is supposed to sit here and support you through your mess and i didn't agree with that that is your war that you have to fight. And now you have made a casualty of her because we have never, over the 10 years that we've seen him on social media, we have never no. seen this woman, right? And the first time- 10 years? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been, it's been a very long time. And oh, over the time, we've never seen her, but the moment you present her to the world is in defense of you and your indiscretions for you to then say, you have been having sex with women. You have been doing this. When you tell women, don't put up with a man who cheats, but you want these same women who found out that you cheated to forgive you of cheating. And so where I struggle struggle with that is message messenger. It's like, (laughs) cigarettes cause cancer don't don't smoke the message is still valid i'm the messenger and Mm. you you won't want to receive it because i'm smoking that cigarette but it's still valid and i can say yeah i shouldn't smoke because i have an auntie say i shouldn't be smoking them but y'all don't need to start it doesn't change the message so i think some of the stuff he has said is true like don't stay with a man now, if his wife didn't heed the messages that he put out, yeah. then that's that's a different story. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't think he absolved himself. Yes, he, he tried to lie. He, now, there's it. a difference from trying to lie opposed to outright lying. Well, I mean, you, you don't know. halfway lie. <laughs> Tomato slaughter. <laughs> he he did. He there was a lie, or you know, what let's not the, dismiss what that. What was the lie? The lie originally was that he had a non-sexual relationship with a woman. Then oh. the blogger dropped it 
And then he came back with his wife to say, all right, now I want to put it on the table. I did have a sexual relationship. I guess I'm confused about, I thought the first video with him in a burgundy shirt was the first video of him saying that he was guilty. No. That was the second video? Yes. With the wife? Yeah. Yeah, that was the second video. That was the first video, I guess, that got deleted. Yes. But, yeah, there was a first video. I never saw it, but we heard the clip when we um, listened to The Breakfast Club, so it was there. Okay. Right. (sighs) So, here, my problem is, again, is you want women to drop their man if they're cheating and no woman you should have more self-esteem and you know be able to walk away from this meanwhile you are the antithesis of what you've been presenting to the world and here is where i have this issue because now your wife who beautiful young lady Mm -hmm. now you have put her on display and you know how these social media streets are they're ripping her to shreds about this bonnet i think it's an apparatus i would not say it's a bonnet um, they are tearing her to shreds about what she should look like. Who is she? Yada, and the yada. Mm-hmm. And instead of protecting her by saying, "I dishonored myself, I dishonored my family, I dishonored my my wife by lying, cheating, and doing this," I expect X, Y, and Z. Instead, because she is of the Christian cloth. AKA the cult, as we really would call it. <laughs> yeah. Christianity is a cult. I'll be the first to let you know here. Right. He prayed on that because she made it clear that I left, right? Mm-hmm. And Derek Jackson has now, in this situation, presented himself as the classic narcissist. And ultimately, he has exemplified so much toxic masculinity <clears throat> and master manipulation, all balled up into one psychopathic. Pack, you know, package. <laughs> he a psychopath, Kelsey? Uh, yeah. Really? All of that. Yeah. Because, <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, Hold on. No, 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 no. Let me, uh, because that's like, a lie. It is. I think you're angry. I'm not angry. Yes. Because, no, because what we have to not do is dismiss this, right? No. No, I don't think anybody's attempting to dismiss I it. So. I, no, I don't think nobody's attempting to dismiss it. I think he did what a lot of men do or a lot of people do. They get caught, they lie about it, then they tell the truth, they go on a campaign, the wife or the spouse is there with them, they say they're going to, you know, fix it or whatever, and they're going to stand beside them. And I, I don't think he's any different than any other man. I don't think we're trying to dismiss it, but I don't think it's as he's a psychopath. I think He's done what a lot of men have been allowed to do. But again, you I'm just not easily to forgive because you he was the standard of you have to cut this person off. This person is like gangrene to you. If you know, if you have gangrene in the finger, you gotta cut off the whole hand right. to save the arm. But instead, it's like, oh, no, we should forgive him. Like, absolutely no, not, who, But sir. who said that, though? Is that, I think that's what you're channeling, because nobody said that. Listen. And his wife had an option to say, I'm going to but stay here's gone. But here's why. I don't think. No, no, no. I, I don't think, think she had an option. She had an option. She However. She could have stayed gone. However, in her beliefs, and this is where the master manipulation piece comes in, and he knows what he's doing. Because she said, I was gone. And she said, I said that if this happened again, which, you know, lets us know that it has happened before, that I was going to leave and I'm not coming back, right? Right. And he, she said, but I saw a change in him. Yeah. So when she starts to talk about the change, it was, oh, he started to do the numbers. He started to do this and he found God. Boom. Now we know that that is her love language. Now some people is touch, some people is money. Yeah. So for her who has been, for, for her to have been, her speaking, her language, she's been indoctrinated in this church thing where it's, you know, it's probably embarrassing to have a divorce. It's, you know, don't leave your husband through thick and thin. And that emotional trauma and torture and that trauma bond, mm-hmm. she has bonded, you know, to him over that trauma. Like, oh, we, we've been through so much. We got to stick it out. So the minute he said, oh, I found the Lord, I started resenting him at first. Like, why would I do this? And this is and this. And the minute he said he found God and came back, that's when she came back home. So now she's saying that this is a spiritual warfare amongst her relationship, that people are out to get her. This is the the attack of the enemy, and he is trying to destroy their relationship. The enemy is your husband, sis. But no, but she, I think she she said nobody can fix this for Derek but Derek and God. Nobody can save him from this. I can't save him from this. He did what he did. He has to he has to take care of that. She didn't absolve him of that, but I think 
in any relationship, if your husband or your wife or your girlfriend says, if for us to stay together, I need you to start listening to me. I need you to start cooking around the house. You're mm -hmm. going to do whatever you need to do to appease that person for that relationship to continue to work. He didn't do anything different. If she was looking for a man that was going to church and to get rid of the numbers, I'm going to do it because I want to keep my wife. Is that manipulation or is that I want to keep my wife and I shouldn't have did this shit? But and Kelsey too. Manipulation. You're for 500. <laughs> Manipulation for 500. You're a married woman. Uh-huh. And how easy are you to just let your marriage go if your husband cheats on you? So now, now we're into a different pot, right? No, 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 no. It's no, no, no. the same situation. So at this point, you know, I probably would say bye. Really? If it were to this. So if you are so not not public. him cheating, but him cheating and it being on social media and everybody talking about your business. Um, so my trauma is public embarrassment, right? Okay. Now, what I think the principle of it is for me would be you have condemned women for sticking with their husbands who cheat. Mm -hmm. You have actively pushed that men who cheat have no genuine interest in you. They do not care to protect you. They they do not honor you. You right. should leave. Right, okay. Why would I stay with you if that is a message you want other people to believe? Because there, there, there are two things here. There's mm -hmm. your profession, and then there's who you really are. Mm -hmm. And she, who you are is a liar, a cheater, a no. and a heartbreaker. <laughs> no, no. Because we know, we know doctors mm -hmm. who tell their patients mm -hmm. what they need to do to become healthy, mm -hmm. but them in their personal lives can't get themselves out of a paper bag. Right. Even though they have the knowledge, they're not applying it to their situation in the same way they would prescribe it to somebody who's not themselves. Right. So what I think Derek is a victim of himself, just like most people who are to stand on these, these us tall boxes and say what you should do, what is right. You have to make sure that you live a life that's clean or else all the good stuff, people have a hard time That's filtering yeah. the two. It's like, well, he said a lot of good things, but he didn't do them himself. Did it help me? Yes. Did I become a more confident person and find out what I did? Yeah. But he didn't, he didn't do that in his own life. So maybe the wife needs to take her husband's advice that he's given to the public, right? Absolutely. But she made a choice. So I don't think she's a victim in this situation. No, I, she's not a victim. She's definitely made some conscious choices because we've seen her go on social media several times to defend her marriage in the very Christian way that we do because everything that happens to us is the devil. Exactly. And you can't give him away <laughs> in your life. You know, some sometimes, baby, the but, devil is the person but who I don't is... Think she blamed the devil for Jackson. For Derek Jackson, I don't think she yeah. blamed. She, she said that this is a spiritual warfare. Well, I think, but I, I think what the, she meant it was the the backlash of it is now because now she's also being picked apart. Like she she shouldn't even be his wife. Like mm -hmm. why why she out here looking like this and she's too safe. Like now now she's being attacked. So there's a, there's a whole nother drawback to it. But I don't think she meant that what Derek did was the devil that made him do it. Yeah, and that's that's, I, that's church time. I can I can interpret all of that for you. Let's it's, go because it's just, I it's just I am um, you know I think her, name, her first clip? name is Boo Boo, the last name's the fool. Okay, okay. She can't say Derek didn't cheat on you. Derek did not. But I but what I am. But that's that's really I'm 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 going to pray that right that your husband <laughs> never does anything to embarrass you because Listen. we got to work through that. We do. Because I think, and this is probably a whole nother, whole nother show, right? Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. it is. It is. We'll talk about childhood to, to triggers. Yeah. That, but to death do us part. Like, what is the point of marriage if you can't get through the hard times? Because they come. And I think I'm going to applaud her. Whatever, Miss Jackson, whatever, you know, Kudos to you because this is the this perfect is time for you to leave. She's like living a reality star's life. You filmed this mm -hmm. six months ago and now it's just playing on TV. And now it, you done healed from this stuff, moved on, now made your decisions. He was like, oh, was I stupid? Like, mm -hmm. this doesn't make sense. Because now you're sense. reading it. You're reading all of this feedback and taking it in. And now you 
sitting there, you know, comparing yourself like, oh my God. And mm-hmm. I, I don't That's a lot. So if you ever hear this, Miss Jackson, I mean, congratulations to you for sticking to what is real in your real life because social media can be a pressure that most people can't really deal with. Yeah. And they'd be like, you know, I got to go, even if they wanted to stay and yeah. have a small child. And most child. Like, when the comments admitted that they would stay if it was yeah. not public. Me too, yeah. That they would work it out. If it there, was were, not there were some things that if it, the more that came out, it was just like, you really just don't want to be with this woman. I don't, that's not true. I, I know that. lots of men. There's a lot of men that cheat. Let's go back. Let's go back to my great grandma yeah. who had 14 kids. And when my grandfather died, we found out he had other kids the whole time. It was the same age as most of my other aunts and he stayed, took care, provided, made sure everything was taken care of. And I think, I mean, I, I think it's so much more to unpack when we start talking about marriages, traditional marriages, new age marriages, yeah. millennials in right. marriages. Yeah. Because if you bought into that traditional system, and it's really warped because we're in, we're in the middle of two different we're, generations. We're, we're, we're jamming in the middle. Yeah. But we're going to give this pass to no pass. No pass. What we're going to say is, okay, well, men did this. But if she did the same thing to him, mm-hmm. he would not be able to take it. He'd be somewhere sick that's about Because men, are, men are fragile. Men that's, are fragile. So we're supposed to... Fragile or not, that's a choice. Right. That is a choice. And a man is nine times out of ten not going to choose to stay with you after you cheated on him. Women Even if do. she did call on Jesus and said that it was a spiritual warfare. Right. Right. But, but women we, do. We leave for less. That's our choice. We leave for They'll less. They'll leave for less. Right. Yes. Because the thought so of you... So then we need to talk about why, why do women <laughs> accept more? Ooh. She's not accepting more. She <laughs> is. But she is. If we're talking she, about, if we're comparing men to women and how they would react to this situation... You're a minority. Classic. I am. I'm definitely a minority. Historically, women stay through all the hard stuff. Oh, I stayed with you through this and knowing good and damn well that that nigga was not going to stay, not even through half of the first time. Right. And there is, you know, the same way. In our last episode, we talked about these upfront conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, are you down to F or not? There are certain deal workers that you have to talk about before you get to the table and say, I do. But that's the thing. Sometimes we can say something is a deal breaker, but we never know how we're going to truly respond unless it is happening. Because I can say all day long, let me me walk in on somebody having sex with my man, I'm going to kill them. And then I walk in there and freeze up like, I'm hurt. Like I can't even move. Right. We don't know how we're going to respond when something happens. We can wish that we're going to respond a certain way, but... We know Killer K is <laughs> If you with Killer K, you, you know she, you know what she rocked with in the truck and the hurt. So you already know what you're gonna get. But everybody who's not from Mercer Road, I am not from Mercer Road. <laughs> I am not. I'm not. I'm not. My my colleague who's on Merc. But what I will say is, there are options, right? Mm-hmm. We all have options. Mm-hmm. Where. I fault this man and uh, it's almost as if she's forced to kind of like the woman who doesn't want to embarrass her 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 boyfriend who 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 springs a proposal on him Mm -hmm. like okay so again you you shelter her you threw her to the wolves to save your career by bringing her parading her we never seen her there are athletes who intentionally shadow their wives from the social media Mm -hmm. you know outlash because she might not fit this exotic look or whatever, which maybe that's what Derek did in the beginning. But now because you created your own mess, you bring her to the forefront to say, well, my wife forgave me. We didn't even know you had a wife. You could have left her in the, in the laundry room where she was. Well, we did know. He posted um, his marriage photos two years ago when he got married. Mm-hmm. So we knew he was married. He don't post her a lot. No, he doesn't. But she does tag him a lot, and he's in a lot of her photos. Right. Which is understandable, because that's not his business. Um, that's not his business, and she's not in the limelight. Right. She's, so he's the public figure. Deal with your mess out front. But again, I still have this thing where you have shamed black men to saying, once you make a mistake, you're out with the garbage. And now you're redeemed. And then you're going to try to peddle me this little book talking about how to heal through hurt. Boy, Cause, cause girl, you need to learn how to heal. <laughs> you 
But you can't help me heal through nothing because the stuff that we're hearing is just like, oh wow, sir. Yeah. You're garbage bag. So talk, talking about healing from the hurt, um, currently, like right now, um, let's talk about Donnie McClurkin. And I know Pharrell, you have some 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 feelings about Donnie McClurkin mm-hmm. um, and some some remarks that he made a few years ago. Um, but basically, uh, if you don't know, if you haven't been called up, Donnie McClurkin did a interview on TV One Uncensored, um, where he basically talked about his life. But a piece of that interview, um, Donnie talked about his struggles with um, having had relationships with both men and women, and how. Um, I guess he can't reconcile peacefully with himself or who he really is. So he has found peace in knowing that he'll probably forever be alone. Um, so we did watch a little bit of that and I found it to be um, a little bit sad, but I didn't know the history behind uh, him condemning um, gay and lesbian people at a summit. Was it a summit or? It was the Kojic Church of God in Christ mm-hmm. uh, annual Convocation. Yeah. And so then that, that kind of ties back into, um, I guess, for the church, the message and the messenger, because they're supposed to preach against mm-hmm. homosexuality. And yeah. the messenger is struggling with homosexuality, whether he's acting on it or not. He's struggling with it, mm-hmm. but he's still putting out this message that, that, you know, the cult deems as the right message. So I guess, how do y'all feel about Donnie McClurkin in this? new story that's out. Donnie, I love your music, you know. <laughs> one, of your, one of my Donnie favorites. Donnie fall down. That wasn't even his, his cigar song says, Jesus, Jesus. You trying to get a deal? At the mention <laughs> of your name, every knee shall bow and tell proclaim. Makes great music. Yeah. And we know gospel music comes from a place that there's usually some pain. Yeah. And there's a story and a message behind how people can get up and show up because even for me as a child, church was my safe haven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the place that I knew my community was built. And then it was like, oh, I think I think he's cute. Yeah. <laughs> but what I was taught was that this is not okay. You're gonna die and go to hell. And while there were so many children in the church to unwed mothers and fathers, mm-hmm. like y'all was out here having sex. A lot of yeah. Right? But when it came to this other thing, because you didn't understand it or you didn't identify with it, yeah. it was demonized. And the church harps on things that they don't understand. Yeah. If they can't, it, a while ago, it was the reason why they have lap scar- scarves in church oh, is because yeah. the preacher was a freak, wow. a freak hoe. Looking up the skirt. And, didn't and wanna, you ain't want what was up on the her skirt to entice him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have your toes out. You had to be covered because the man could not drink. control his his own actions. And, that, and we'll talk about that, you know. You know, and that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we make so many edits to ourselves to make sure the person who's at the head of the church or the spiritual leader is taken care of. But while they are demonizing these people, you have all these people who run your churches, who right. your musicians, yep. who yep. your your minister of music, yep. all these folks who like men, same gender, and who like women. Because uh-huh. that's not the lesbians are much bigger in the church mm-hmm. than the gays. Because girls can pass. Mm, I didn't know that. We know a lot of them, right? And <laughs> It's much. No, nobody it's ever. Nobody ever thinks about it. Right, right. It's not something that you clock. But if me and the drummer start spending a whole bunch of time together, and people think that I'm sweet, yeah, they're gonna start right. asking questions. As opposed to, you know, like we just friends. Like we we friends, and they don't. The world just doesn't allow humans to fully develop before we start putting on them our own insecurities and thoughts about who they are going to be or who they should be. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, it's out of place, out of love, because they, they want they don't want you to go through stuff. But it's like, no matter, you're, if you're black, yeah. you're going to experience a whole bunch of stuff, yeah. right? So just your sexual identity or who you have sex with should not be the thing that they're always preaching about, because that is not 
Well, until recently, they made an argument that it's killing the family, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? That it's, it's, you can't reproduce, so right. it's not natural. But Donnie McClurkin, you know, took an opportunity as a, a homosexual man, and I'm not alleging anything at this point. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> has done, has been irresponsible yeah. with his platform to me. Okay. If you're a person who holds his same beliefs, mm-hmm. he was well within his rights because this is tearing our churches apart. And most of y'all probably had your man leave you for another man. So it's yeah. probably why you broke up too. But that's that's that ain't had nothing to do with you either because you knew he was gay before you got married. Mm-hmm. And you chose to deny it because he's a good man. He can provide. And that's what they tell you. Yeah. Don't worry about it. He It'll might, go away. Yeah. It. You can. He just ain't had the right stuff. Maybe that's not it. Because the water that I give, he you won't thirst no more. He won't give me more. Baby! He didn't want no water. He didn't want her water. Thank you, Dottie people. The water I give, you won't thirst no more. And that thirst can't be quenched from another place. Yeah. Because it's a totally new experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think the, the sad part about it for me with Donnie is that you are somebody else internally. Like even trying to be with a woman because he said he didn't know what to do with a woman. He didn't know what to do with her. But because you're so deep into this life that is not going to accept you and you built this platform, you can't live in your truth without being rejected and cast out. So you settle for a lifetime of loneliness. I wouldn't say I wouldn't use the word sad um, because I think this is an active choice that he is making. Oh no! Right, always have a choice. In life, you always you you always have choices. Um, And as we you know alluded to in our last episode, that when you are in the church, there is a certain caliber you have to live up to Mm -hmm. and I think that should he come forth and live in his truth he would risk losing all of that then it would be so are you more concerned with your platform or living in your truth so I think that that has some validity to it because what he said was he 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 goes to what's safe and that's his music right so without his music he is nothing at least that's how I took it. Mm-hmm. Without I think music, he, he's nothing. So if he loses that and then also does not have a mate, who is he? I think with when he says I will lose my safe place is music. I think the vehicle is the mega church that he's a part of. You'll never lose your music because you're the one who makes and creates that, right? Mm-hmm. So stop allowing the church to pimp you out, but you live in shame and in guilt. Because of what you feel, because you want to use this vehicle to get your music out. When ultimately, maybe the church might suffer if you leave, if they, you know, if they shun you. So don't, what we find ourselves doing a lot of times in church, we create ourselves in this image of what the church wants and it kills us internally. Right. And so really the church might not ever find another music, you know, director of music of that caliber should he say I'm I'm gay and this is my truth either move around or I'm gonna go to an, another church and pick him up he still had that vehicle I think I think that's a that's sweet not notion true. but that's not how that works <laughs> I think it's a sweet notion but it's not how it works and and people have choices all the time yes but we also cannot pretend that the life around us, the people around us, heavily influence those those choices that we make to sometimes feel like we don't have a choice. Like it happens all the time. And yeah. if he gets shunned by the church, like that's his identity. Yeah. Bigger than the career, that's his identity is church. He is church through and through. And who he is doesn't match what he's been indoctrinated with. Yeah. And I mean... It's, it's so nuanced. Um, but he's at an age and a, a place of financial stability mm-hmm. where he can be himself. And right. people will accept him. Will. Right? Because, not to bring him into it, but Bishop Carlton Pearson, who was the one, the person who launched 
many people into the major platforms and gospel. He was known as the, like the, he started the Azula Revival. Mm -hmm. So every year, major people, that's where Donovan McClurkin got his start. Mm -hmm. But if you watch the show on Netflix called When Sunday Comes, and you'll see the entire story, he began to say, hell doesn't exist. Oh, I think Mm -hmm. I did remember seeing that. Yes. Hell does not exist. This man was like, Jesus on earth, right? Mm-hmm. And now he relegated to this a church, a really small congregational church. Yeah. I have cashed at him and he has responded like it is so bad, but he is free. And yeah. so one of the things, the caveats for Donnie is that if you ever see this video, you never experience freedom and liberty when you walk in who God says you are and that your sexuality is not the entire portion of you, but it's a part of your identity. And it's just so sad that the church, the Kojic, let me say the Kojic church, because that's who he's a part of. I don't know if he's still a part of perfecting faith, but those, that particular church is very, very strong on homosexuality, but you can see Andrew Caldwell, Kojic. Yeah. Right. So you start, you can see the symptoms and it's all over the church. And so that's why it's so, it's if I feel so bad for yeah. people who are stuck. Um, and thank God that I had something in me that allowed me to look beyond what I was being taught to really yeah. search and say, okay, this, this, this doesn't make sense. This is what somebody taught me. So, Donnie, I'll keep praying for you. I don't wish you no ill harm, but I, you do need to apologize for the harm that you caused because you're grown enough to know what the real truth is. Yeah. Because when I was, the older I got on my way to college, it's when I found out that all the elders in the church was drinking. Yeah. Right? But they were doing it in private. Yeah. Among people who would, who could take it and understand that drinking doesn't mean men is a sin. Yeah. But we are taught things as a sin. It's this whole construct one to start creating discipline. Yeah. So if you look at any organized religion, there are these things in place that are strict. Watch the movie and and rigid. (laughs) (laughs) That are strict and rigid that help you kind of get you in the mode of thinking this is how we do stuff. This Mm -hmm. is the only way we can do stuff. If I don't do it this way, then da 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 Hmm. The beginning foundations of a cult. Of a cult, right? Indoctrination. Right? And it's how you indoctrinate people is that, because after a while, you will not have to tell them it's a sin. Yeah. They will do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And if you watch, um, there's another documentary called um, Exim. Exim. Mm-hmm. And they were doing all of these things, right? And yeah. it, it wasn't even a religion. <laughs> it was a success pathway thing for people who were looking to become something great in the world. Right. Wow. Yeah. It, it's it's I started watching. It's crazy. But that's how these things work and people start reducing themselves, losing themselves while still ministering to the world. Yeah. And here you go. You did all these things, gave your life for the church and for God, and you can't have what you wanted. So let's spin this in. So <laughs> have what you want, talking about Nancy Nash. And, you know, she's now married to a woman. Um, and so in watching that Red Table Talk, um, her first husband was a pastor. She was a pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she talked about she married her first husband um, because she needed to be saved. And she had a lot of stuff going on, a lot of trauma going on. Mm. And he saved her. When she married her second husband, she was just looking for a partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that relationship no longer served her. So they got a divorce. And then, you know, by way of a friendship through the young lady who most people were saying she sang at the wedding. They cleared that up said she did not okay. sing at their wedding. Um, for point of clarification, she sang at the wedding on the TV show when she got married. What's the difference? So, even though she had a... She did her wedding special on TV. On the show Claws, she sang on the show Claws. Oh, okay. Not her real life life. wedding. Gotcha. Yes. Um, So, now they they are married. And, you know, she talked about... She had never even thought about a woman. She never was attracted Mm. to a woman. And 
um, Gammy, who, you know, is Jada Pickett's mm-hmm. mom, was saying how, you know, she, she's been curious. Mm-hmm. and But the shame and the guilt of it um, has she prevented her yeah. from acting on it. She's had, you know, three-way conversations or threesome conversations with her husband. But mm-hmm. she's like, now she's saying, well, I'm too old to do it now. So even Nisi was saying, you know, when she had the love connection with her now wife, there was this this thing that made her nervous to let people know because of everything she had been taught. And she felt like she was the martyr for black women. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think one thing that stood out to me, a few things stood Mm -hmm. out to me, um, especially Yami's comment about Mm -hmm. you know we've all had all the women were able to identify with having a moment where they could have been sexually fluid but did not act upon it so that was interesting because i think everyone has had that idea like oh she's beautiful now whether to act upon that is something different um but gammy went as far as saying yeah i i definitely wanted to act upon it because i think this will be fun i think this will serve me well Yeah. yeah however the guilt and shame that I have learned around sex would not allow me to move mm-hmm. further. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, or um, the, the normalization of right. people's opinions mm-hmm. determining what you will and won't do. Yeah. So, right. quick story time with Kendra. So, <laughs> I was almost gay one time, right? <laughs> Last <laughs> now, week. <laughs> I've never been attracted to women, but when I was in college, um, we had the conversation, me and some friends, and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm open, I'm whatever. And so it came down to it. And um, this lady, mm-hmm. man, lady, you know, she stood. Like yes. Approached me. Correction. And, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not ready for this. So what what were you what weren't you ready for? Any of it. Like I was not attracted. It was not like I just was like, she was like talking to me, and I was just like, I'm not. I'm sorry. I see Morris with another lipstick. Mm, okay, so let's, let's talk about that. Man. I was almost gay twice. So. <laughs> <laughs> duh, duh, duh. So one more time, it's a charm for her. <laughs> <laughs> see, three times a charm, or three strikes, you're out. No, this is it. I'm done. <laughs> so okay. there was a lipstick situation. Um, and, you know, we were talking about kissing and stuff, and I could not bring my lips to fall upon hers. <laughs> and I was just like, no, I'm good. I, I it just, You never play Kiss the Girl in the Club? No. Oh, wow. Well, it, does, it, does, it does happen, especially if you're trying to get somebody off of you. Or yeah, definitely. Yeah, it happens. Definitely yeah, it happens. My uh, maid of honor, my yeah, my maid of honor in the club because Scott is like all up on us. I was like, so give me a kiss. Kiss or y'all just take? No, it just take. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> save it for the team. I was, I was like, that's like, my Oh, your friend too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's my woman. Touch a gate. That was it. That was so, so okay, let's wrap this. Bring me back. <laughs> so, one of the things that stood out uh, with Nisi was that she was saying how this was the first time that she felt seen, mm. and I saw a lot of comments about that online, and people not really understanding. So, I was like, you know, talking to Kelsey about it. Let's look up what being seen. What does that look like um, in a relationship? And so. There was um, basically in a relationship is feeling heard, mm-hmm. um, that your voice matters. Um, if you're go- somebody having empathy for you, seeing you through your emotions, just being there. Mm-hmm. And so that that's so sad <laughs> that in your life of relationships, um, the being with a woman was the first time you felt valuable. And so it's like... I understand it because I've been in a relationship like that where I didn't feel, I wasn't heard, I wasn't mm-hmm, considered, mm-hmm. how I felt about things didn't, like, it didn't matter. It was just, this is what it's going to be. And as long as I'm providing for you, nothing else, you don't worry about anything down to my career. What I wanted to do with my career, like, there was a, there, bless you, there was yeah. a plan for <laughs> There was a plan for that. So, like, have, do you feel like you've been seen before in your relationship? I do. Um, I, I definitely have seen that. And I also want to note that in our conversation and just kind of mulling over it, when she made that comment that um, Jessica made her feel seen, mm-hmm. 
what I've noticed is that when she backtracked all of her relationships, yeah. she always had a common connector to that person. Yeah. So the first one, she had her mother had been shot and yeah, she's seen that and she needed the trauma for that. So that was a trauma bond. She needed to be saved. The second one, she just wanted a partner. She just wanted a partner. Both of them were like, both of us want to get married. Let's see what this thing do. Let's try it. And maybe in that time frame of when her marriage was dissolving some things may have spilled over and now she needs to be seen. Mm -hmm. Now, although she wasn't actively searching for it, yeah. that's what she found in that person. Mm -hmm. yeah. However, I believe that you found, you were able to identify that in that woman for her to say she has never had any sexual attraction to a woman, yeah. but this per this woman gave it to her, which is, you know, not odd to me, mm -hmm. but it's pretty, you know, different because as a woman, we are nurturers by yeah, nature. Yeah, so yeah. we are touchy-feely. Mm -hmm. We can zone in on that warmth whether you yeah. you say you need it or not. So was she in a vulnerable state where Jessica just being who she is kind of was in tune to her? And to, mm -hmm. you know, in tune to that natural instinct to say, oh, wow, girl, you know, you're doing your thing. And yeah. maybe that's what she needed. So am I saying that this is not real i'm not saying that <laughs> but what i are you i'm not okay. i'm not but what i am saying is her her patterns of finding things mm -hmm. you know once that once that honeymoon phase of being seen and i feel like yeah. that that validation mm -hmm. i don't believe that you give anyone you're responsible for your own happiness upkeep right you never give anybody the key to your own happiness you that's your responsibility the same with validation you are responsible for making sure that at all costs, you if nobody else validates you, if everybody else in the world yeah. dies and you're here by yourself, you're supposed to have that. You, you're supposed to be able to validate yourself. Mm -hmm. And because she found that in her, is that going to be enough to sustain that relationship? Being that Jessica has only been with women, mm -hmm. right? And so this is her first relationship. You know, we know lesbian relationships can be very, very fickle, um, very volatile at the same time. Some, you know, based on conversations, like right? That. But if it is a person where just kind of go like listening to them, they definitely are in tune with each other. Definitely hope they survive forever for the rest because they were just really so gooey. And I was like, Ugh. Uh, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I don't think Nisi is a forever person, right? Like, I've seen people comment, you know, marriages should only last for ten years, and then let's you get a reboot. No, let's let's come <laughs> to the table and say, hey, is this still working for us? Yeah, let's keep going. If it's not working, let's 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 part ways. And I think one of the things that she said that she didn't have an issue leaving those relationships because she wasn't happy anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. And she wanted to show her children, you don't have to be somewhere when you're not happy. You can just go. And she said she didn't have anything bad to say about her partner. Right. They, they were good people to her. It just wasn't what she needed anymore. And I think when people start to redefine what relationships look like for them, more people would feel the same way. Right. And I know? and I one hundred percent do not fault her yeah. for shopping around. Yeah. Um I think it's pretty awesome that yeah. she's shopping around and we the same thing so I applaud Nisi because she's doing what we see Kim K all the Kardashians do. Yeah. So here mm -hmm. it is. It's like, you know, girl, do your thumb sizzle. I just don't want it to be that you are forming another trauma bond and building love on that. Right? Like, be that because I, you know, want to. This is what I want. This is who I love. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was pretty, you know, cool when she said I, that she's totally oblivious to the LGBT Q yeah. plus Nisi yeah. community, as she would say. Um, like I wasn't coming out of anything. This yeah. is not just something. This is just something I, you know, I found myself attracted to her. Yeah, and it happened. So, how are we? How is she going to? After a while, once it's you know phase off, is it still you know? Can she pick up and move on? Absolutely. Kim K does it all the time. Well, she's she's her third time, so I'm sure yeah. she third knows. time's a charm. She knows what to do. But congratulations, uh, Nisi yeah. Nash. We love you, girl. Jessica yeah. Betts. I think that everybody should do what she's doing, mm -hmm. right? Do what serves you. Yeah. And I think she said in the on her on the interview was that I'm no longer living for everybody, for everybody else. else. And that was what spoke. Mm -hmm. And really that's loud. that is the thing that this probably was in her the whole time. And mm -hmm. 
because of how she explained how her mom and her grandma, like what was what's inside of us eventually yeah. comes out. And sometimes it suppresses who we really are because yeah. of the indoctrination. And it took her, I guess, 40 years to figure it out, right? That, hmm, I tried this, I tried this, I tried this. And one day, I'm I'm actually okay with people being disappointed with who I am, who I am. And I think a part of that has to do with her level of success in life. Yeah. Because some people can't afford no, mm-hmm. they can't <laughs> to be ostracized from a support network. Right. And so that's a a, ma- a really thing to think about. Like for me, it was once I left out of my mama house, I didn't care what nobody else thought because mm-hmm. I could provide for myself. Right. And as a, so a person who works with college aged students, when they come to school, come to school, be gay, wear your hair, do whatever you want to do. But where are you going to go after for spring break? Do you have to go back to your mom and daddy house? Yeah. So you need to put them wigs in the closet, and leave them figuring out, and go back and be in respect where you need to have shelter because you can't come live with me. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to think about your safety and all those things. But once you get to a point where I'm providing for all of y'all, they'll deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think when she spoke <laughs> about, I think she was able to tune us as just regular, you know, the outside world, the yeah. court of public opinion. But once her mother finally came into grips with who she was, she was okay. Um, because she, her mother was not okay with it at first. She still wasn't until grandma told her to leave. Yeah, her grandma told her to leave them kids alone. Um, and that's when she was able to, you know, move move along with that. Because I think she does, you know, hold her mother to a higher esteem. So I'm happy that they are happy. I yeah. want them to win, 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 win. Yeah. So in sad news, um, and also tying in the childhood trauma, you know, currently DMX is in critical condition in the hospital. And um, basically, you know, it's an issue that stems from childhood trauma. So, you know, being abused at home by your, you know, your mother and her boyfriends and then being out on the street and finding someone whom you look up to like a mentor big brother and them introducing you taking advantage of that relationship and introducing you to what will be the curse for the rest of your life before your mind is even developed you have an addiction that you have to fight and then you have an addiction and it's combined with fame and endless amounts of attention and endless amounts of money on top of what we see as a mental health problem, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, we don't really speak about. And he's spoken about it in passing by naming the personalities or the, the other sides of him. And now, you know, to see him perform on the verses with Snoop was amazing. I love that verses. He looked healthy. He had got a little weight on him. He wasn't drinking. And, you know, to now know that he's in a hospital from a, a you know, overdose and in critical condition, um, but basically in a vegetative state is so sad. But those are unchecked traumas that manifest into addiction and mental health and just child, I mean, adulthood issues that you can't really recover from. And I hope that he does recover from it. But, you know, these all been signs since he came out as an artist. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I'll tell you, Earl, one of your biggest fans. (laughs) After I snuck to listen to your music because he was was a church kid and Mama wasn't having that. She threw away my ludicrous CD after I had her buy for me out the mall, which was already bootleg. And she was like, what is that? I was like, you bought it. So she threw it out. So I really loved what I loved about you from the beginning was mm-hmm. your ability to be in two in two spaces as yes. a church kid, a pastor's kid. You pray, and that was like, oh, I rock with you because I have these two this dual mind where yeah. I can go from Jesus will work it out to you know what in a yeah. playlist. Yeah. So I rocked with that and helped me just, uh, just to see somebody mm-hmm. who's not a Christian yeah. show me you can still have your faith you can still exist in the world and you just put out some really good music because the Rough Riders on those bikes was, okay. was the thing yeah. as everybody a was in the little pop yeah. wheelies okay. you know I was like we gotta yes. have that and so I just want to shout out because if you don't know about DMX the artist he's had 8 studio albums Earl Simmons 24 Earl. music videos 46 singles um, over millions millions of a record soul and just one of those people who's a who is a 
a symptom of the music industry. And do you want to know the real cherry on top of this? What? He is what brought our parents, their generation, into rap music. Nobody's parents was rapping until Stop. you. Th- nope. Oh, drop. drop. No. <laughs> Remember when we y'all were the- cool? When yeah. y'all thought. When everybody parents said they was gonna make them, we were making them lose their mind yeah. up in here. Yeah, up in yeah. here. Yeah, he is who brought our parents onto the rap scene. Yeah. Like yeah. my mom was, y'all gonna make me lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you don't get out of here somewhere. Um, but I say all that to say, you know, Earl. Yeah, we praying for you. Definitely. Are. Dmx, we love you. You yes. used to be my dog. You was in my left titty. Yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's it. But, um, right. But to really, really talk about, you know, and to witness his, you know, his account, yeah. because he has been able to accurately account where his missteps were yeah. and to say, I have a problem. Yeah. Um, I, I was, I hurt for him when you actually seen like this man sold millions of albums he was very very wealthy yeah and to know that should he expire which i pray is not going to happen right now he's going to expire broke he has nothing like people around him enabled him and used his addiction to bleed him dry and i think that is a thing that we do oftentimes in the african-american community um if it is of service to us, we'll give you whatever it is that you need, knowing that that's what fed his addiction. Yeah. But now that he's, you know, down and out, we throw him out like a pair of dirty draws, right? And here it is, the difference between, just like with um, Hunter Biden, when we were talking about this, mm-hmm. you know, where was his level of intervention where we could have saved him from hurting himself? Because we know that most of the time with his with most African-Americans, when they become dependent on drugs, it's because of some sort of mental illness. It now becomes an addiction, an illness, even though it may not just be mental, but now it's an illness. Um, why don't we have the resources to intervene early early enough to prevent these things from happening, yeah. right? Well, I, I, won't, I won't say, you know, that we can blame it on resources. Um, first, we, we have to even just accept mental health exists in our community. Like, because everything is prayed away. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. how they are. Prayed away. They'll be okay. Or they just being crazy today. Like, we have to get over that to even, like, begin to help somebody. Because we don't. We just ignore it, feed it, and, and keep on praying. I think we ignore it and we misplace it. So, think about... So, I've, you know, I have a family. I mm-hmm. come from a family of addicts. Um, so there are certain things that I know mm-hmm. I probably have an addictive nature, so I won't pick up drugs. Yeah. I, you know, father was a former alcoholic. Yeah. So there are certain things that I'm sure is in my DNA yeah. that will easily have me on the wrong path. Right. Mm-hmm. But we had, I have family members who, when this uh, family member comes around, we adjust our lifestyle to that person right. opposed to addressing them to say, no, you got to sit here and keep your hands on your lap. Not y'all hide y'all purse, lock the doors, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. out of fear that this person is going to take something to feed their habit. It's like we dismiss and we adjust and make ourselves uncomfortable to make mm-hmm. them feel okay. Yeah. Opposed to addressing the issue that little Sally Ann is strung out on drugs and here's what we need to do to intervene. We don't right. need to, we need to talk to her, get her resources. Most of the time it's like, oh, y'all know she crazy. Just go ahead and she want to be in right. the streets. They'll throw them out or allow them to stay, but not really give them the resources to get to the next level or even to start getting clean. Right. We now I've never I've never come from a household where we had locks on our personal doors where hiding food or hiding electronics. I've never had that. Um but I've had friends who who did have to deal with that. Um Well they want for drugs in my house. Well not my house, I'm not saying that because <laughs> 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 not my house, but I have a family <clears throat> like you who mm-hmm. had story past. And your point about what they did not do, I think we get to speak from a place of privilege. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much privilege because when that happens, they did what somebody else did. Right? We have may have gone to school, we may have researched, we see different things, and we can say, oh, you need to be in the outpatient 
clinic where you need to go stay for 14 days of detox. White people do it. Not all, but those who have resources, Mm -hmm. financial resources can say, okay, here's an option. For us, it's like, we're going to lock the door because I need to protect what's here, what I work hard for, and that you don't get it. So it's really not about you getting well. It's about me maintaining what I have. Because I I work so hard for it. it, I mean, this stuff just goes so deep. It's so deep. deep. It's so deep. About... Yeah. The, about how slavery mm-hmm. just keeps showing up in different places and no we're not playing the victim we're not blaming everything on slavery it's just so many things about our ability to survive yeah. right it's what that is entrenched in, in and unfortunately we don't have the luxury to always throw a life raft out to somebody else because you're in a different kind of drowning situation and I'm yeah. also drowning right. yeah. and so I can't help you right yeah. But then it's also like um, what I call band-aid mentality because I remember um, having a conversation with my mom one time about a family member and I was like, you know, I think, um, you know, X, Y, and Z might have, you know, some type of autism or something. And the response that I got, you know, even after I explained, you know, why and and these are what I've observed, ain't nothing wrong with them. Mm -hmm. It's very dismissive. And I'm like... Because they don't know. they just, and they've gotten accustomed to they, it. I would, we can't always say Because I had an uncle who died from yeah, I alcoholism. Say in that situation and we've that, never helped him. That it was no knowledge. Because my uncle. mom has worked in mental health for okay. 30 years. Okay. I just think it's the embarrassment of admitting it. A yeah. lot of times that, you know, we don't want to admit that something is wrong with one of our own. You know. I don't know. Because we talk about your ass. Yeah. Right, it's not the fact of not admitting we, it. So no, it, but we that's the talk we help is is helpless, right? Very because much so. even if you know what needs to be done, who's gonna pay for it? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah but that's where some we can people, say that though. We can say that, but and then we'll get stuck there because every no one wants to move past that because like, well, who's gonna pay for it? But you don't mind dogging that little baby out or whoever out in front of the family, opposed to saying there are free services to help them get. They don't know that. Because they, because you rather sit around here and major in the minor and talk about them instead of trying to figure out how to help them. I mean, I, I get the sentiment of what you're saying. Right. So, but what we can't keep saying is they don't know. You know how to. You but know how to get. Tr- you no. Know, wait. You didn't know how how you was gonna get your stimmy until they told you on the news, and then you somehow you figured out how to go track it when you were gonna get it. Because that so, impacts you. Right. Because if I'm not if I'm not the person who's impacted by you being an alcoholic. So that's where it don't, my, have, it don't what a black ain't got nothing to do with me. Right. But now we need to that's where we gotta get back to this thing of taking care of each other. So where we have to care enough right. I mean, hopefully, you know, I'm all, I'm a millennial. I don't I don't know my neighbors on either side of me. And my neighbor over here take my trash out every Wednesday. Sure do. <laughs> I met my neighbor for the first time after two years of being here because somebody got stuck in my yard in the mud. And I still can't tell you his name. <laughs> you have got to be better. You so, I mean, what be you're saying is lollipops and sugar rolls. It's not. It, it it's is. It's not. Do you know your neighbors? I do. I do. Do you know their names? I don't know their names, but I know them. So, you don't know them. So, my next, so I don't. No, listen. So, I know a few of my neighbors. I don't know all of their names, but I've lived there the longest, and most of my people rotate in and out. So, I know them by face. I, there are a few who are remaining who I do know their names. And one of my neighbors, even close enough that when he was out of town for winter break, I collected his mail. And I, don't <laughs> ask me to do that shit. You have the U.S. Postal Service will stop your mail coming. Well, no, his packages, his packages. They will hold your shit too. They will. They will. Don't yeah. ask me. This neighborly, like this, is the whole point of this show because Take care of your community. we. <laughs> this Take this care this is community. my community, right? Yes. My community is not the people next door to me. Right, because I mean, this whole we the last of the millennials gets to break down these things and talk about them in a very different way. And I think my friend Kelsey here is, I really is very much a Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where she gets her glory from, and I'm a, not a Gen Z. I don't, I don't know, but there's a I have a, such a very different perspective, and that's why the show works because we can we can share. But as a millennial, honey, I don't give a I don't care about your packages. <laughs> I heard about your name because then that's more something. You I didn't even care enough to, to say thank you to your neighbor and get them a little card to say. So I you know. don't know that. Did you? I have the card. Did you? 
Ah, the cards. How long have you had the cards? I've had the cards since December. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is exactly. now So tomorrow I will be putting the card and sit on his door. Because we have applied this pressure. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yes, because it just I because I, I that thought about it. Taking care of community, like no, 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 no. That's so, not what it is. Oh. Because none none of these people have knocked on my door ever to introduce themselves. First mm. of all. Okay. They don't know when you're no, home. No, no, no. Listen, I, I believe because of the previous owner, because when I moved here, when I did, when something big happens on the street, people come out talking like, oh, hey, hey. It's like, yeah, because we take care of each other on this. We watch out and we look. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's nice. But that, that I've been benefiting from the owner of this property, not because of somebody. It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> so we all off, rail, off the rail. So, right. I mean, it's black folks. There are free resources that no one has ever told you. Yeah, lots of them. You can just like you get social services and wigs, and wigs all of that stuff. You can get Plus the same passes. social services for that loved one in your family. They do not have to go without help. They do not have to go without I care. I would say that all social services are not created equal. True, true. Um, depending on where you live, um, all resources are not available. Mm. Um, you can walk and just formally work in social services. Um, there were a lot of resources that we did not have that the uh-huh. county adjacent did. And we could we had to turn people away for certain stuff. Mm. So it's it's not always well you know where to go get this. Why don't you? They may not have it either, depending on where you're at. Or the program could be so backed up you yeah. can't even get in. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. And what I will say is, you know, be determined. Take care of yours. You know, the same way if it's you if it's something that you need and you want bad enough, you gonna figure it out and. Mm. Take care of yours. Because I'm going to take care of mine. So, All right, guys. So, um, this concludes episode two. And we have had a good time talking about pop culture today. Um, again, you can always find us on all platforms as we... Um, we probably right. <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. Spotify. Facebook. Instagram. YouTube. Anchor, Apple, and Google. Um, we probably write, and you can always email us at we probably write at gmail.com if you want to ask us a question or have any suggestions for a topic that you would like to see um, us talk about. So thank you again, and as always, we probably, probably write. write. Hey, thanks for listening to The Last of the Millennials. This is your boy, Ferelli Speaks, one-third of the co-host group. Thank y'all so much for rocking out with us on Black Family Dynamics, Relationships, Pop Culture, Black Culture. We have it all. So tell your friend, tell your auntie, tell your cousin that if they're not listening to The Last of the Millennials podcast, we probably write. What are they doing? It's so easy. A caveman could do it. You heard?